Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon to everybody in Cyberworld. This is Dr. Simon, and my show, as I've called it since uh, 2007, when I have been doing it uh, intermittently, sometimes more often, sometimes less, is the called the stories we live by. Uh, and I haven't done a show in a while now, although I feel the need. Uh, because of the events, especially in France and many of the events that have been occurring in the Middle East, uh, the slaughter uh, that, that we are, have been uh, exposed to and the fear and the loathing and the hatred uh, that are the consequences uh, in many areas uh, as a result of this, uh, these terrible acts, uh, I have desire to say something about it. Uh, partly, it makes me feel <clears throat> um, uh, safer to do so, uh, that uh, maybe if I can contribute some light where there is naught but heat, uh, I might be doing some good. Um, and so uh, I want to talk about uh, this this event that, uh, uh, in France. And um, what I want to do is set up... Um, a discussion for it, but uh, if anybody wants to call in, by the way, I don't know if any of my colleagues and friends uh, in my own development, uh, which I alerted some people to that I was going to do this thing today, uh, 646-716-7756, um, I'm going to set this up as a discussion uh, within a framework. Uh, I, I am now uh, afraid to raise issues with people or to engage in any kind of political discussion because uh, America has descended into the, uh, in the direction of the very things that we hate and fear. That is, uh, when people listen to an opposing point of view, facts aren't included, context isn't included. Instead, there is name-calling. Uh, it turns personal. It turns vituperative. It turns ugly very, very quickly. Um, in the last election, uh, the uh, Mitt Romney's uh, campaign manager uh, proclaimed that uh, this election will not be um, decided by facts. It seems that facts uh, and history uh, are no longer part of the discussion. Uh, I watched with horror the gubernatorial election, gubernatorial election here in Florida and watched as uh, one would watch and say, these two men should be put in jail uh, if the opinion of the other is correct. Certainly, uh, they are not capable of running a large state. Uh, they're ne'er-do-wells. They're liars, flip-floppers, criminals, thieves. Uh, and in the course of this campaign, and this operates for many years now on the uh, federal level, uh, upsetting more and more citizens uh, as to uh, the level of discourse that takes place uh, where people don't talk to each other but merely hurl names at each other um, and denigrate each other, uh, one would think during this gubernatorial campaign that there are no problems to be solved here in Florida. Uh, indeed, there are no problems to be solved in the United States. Uh, just let the good guys take power and vanquish the bad guys. Uh, and according to this, there are no good guys. But we'll get back into that in a little while. 
Um, when I uh, follow this issue uh, with, with uh, what's went on in France, and what's been going on for a long time now, uh, with a group called ISIS, um, with um, uh, the group that uh, blew up the World Trade Center, um, uh, they, 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 these, these individuals are mostly Muslim, all Muslim, um, and they have the, the fanatical stance that they have a right to do this because God has directed them to do this, uh, and that the people they are killing are infidels and therefore not really human. And so their behavior, I would uh, describe as evil, just as they, if they would kill me, would say they would do it because I'm evil. The problem with calling someone or their actions evil is that it doesn't explain anything. Moral labels don't explain. And if we are to uh, save ourselves from the cancerous growth of terrorist groups such as uh, we now see uh, ISIS, and uh, my my mind slips me to um, to the other one. Uh, oh, oh, they're all over at this point. They're metastasizing. Um, the the if we're to save ourselves, we're going to have to understand, really understand what is going on psychologically and socially, and the role we play in it, and whether or not we have to change the role we play in it and the way we deal with this particular form of psychological cancer. Now, for those of you who read my blurb that set up the show, I use the word cancer here. Um, uh, there's a wonderful uh, philosopher at Tufts College, I don't know if he's still at Tufts, Daniel Bennett, uh, who talked in one of a fabulous book called Darwin's Dangerous Idea, uh, in which he shows that no matter how much... Uh, uh, nastiness and religious uh, doctrine is thrown at Darwin. Um, uh, it eats through it like universal acid because it's the best explanation we have for how human beings uh, got here, uh, at least physically, uh, and, and uh, dominated the planet. Um, but it is always under attack, and by the same kind of people uh, that would chop your head off because you weren't their religion and you weren't part of uh, their mindset, their groupthink. Um, so, um, what I see happening that really upsets me, in addition to this particular um, uh, uh, lowering of political discourse and the ugly violence uh, being perpetrated on innocence, um, it, it, it terrifies me, it really does, because I think that uh, as a nation and as a world, we are really in trouble, and we've been in trouble for a long time. Now, uh, I want to avoid two things. I want to avoid explaining human behavior, whatever it is, the behavior of human beings. And everybody that we're talking about now, from the, the worst, nastiest terrorist uh, to uh, the Pope Francis, who people, and I am one of his fans, um, all are human beings. And human beings seem to be capable of uh, a wide variety of behavior. 
And we need to understand that behavior. If we're going to change behavior, and I say this as a teacher, and I say this as a psychologist for 50 years, you can't change something without, unless all you do is make it worse. Uh, I should add, by the way, I'm going to do this show in a half an hour because I used to do my show at night uh, and take an hour, but that became premium time. Uh, and I started to pay for the premium time until I discovered that if I do a show at 7 o'clock or 7.30, I don't get the same listeners uh, that I do at 4 in the afternoon when it's free. But at 4 in the afternoon, I'm only allowed a half an hour. So I'm going to develop this set of ideas probably over two or three or four weeks. Um, Niels Bohr said, you can judge something or you can explain something and understand it, but not at the same time. And I want to avoid trying to explain any behavior of human beings by dehumanizing these individuals, calling them evil, uh, even though I find that their actions are ugly, reprehensible, and terrifying. Uh, but at the same time, I want to avoid the flip side of this problem, and that is when you explain something, you forgive it. To explain all, some philosopher once said, is to forgive all. And that's a danger. Uh, and when I used to like, analyze the, the hard right and the hard left, especially in the 70s and the 80s, um, <clears throat> when I tended to be more left than right, <clears throat> um, the, the liberal says that, and quite rightly, the people who are misbehaving have been victimized. Uh, and therefore, they concluded they're not really responsible for their actions. On the right, there was moral condemnation for the behavior uh, that we're talking, whatever behavior you're talking about, uh, without any recognition that people were suffering. And as human beings, when they suffer and when they're deprived, behave differently than if they were more um, loved, uh, raised in kindness, uh, had more economic and political and social opportunity. So I want to avoid, on one hand, uh, being uh, hard right and merely condemning, which I see happening more and more. And on the left, these poor people who are blowing up uh, other people's babies and thinking they're going to heaven uh, are victims, and thereby uh, we have to forgive or, or, or uh, somehow accept their behavior. Both sides are impossible, and both sides leave out a rational uh, understanding of the behavior. Now, specifically what I see happening in terms of Muslims is a real hatred and fear of all things Muslim uh, and all people Muslim. And I fear what happens when mobs of people get together, lose their own conscience, wrap themselves because uh, this is a process, again, I've described in many of my past shows, but I'm going to describe again briefly now and do a whole show on this in the next uh, few weeks or months. Um, I'm going to talk about the fact that when we wrap ourselves in, in moral, uh, in purity, we can do no wrong. We are God's loved creatures. We are the best and we have our point of view, uh, and everybody in our group shares the same lovely point of view. And the people we're dealing with are beasts. They're low life. They're stupid. 
they can't be treated as human beings. Um, I'm sensitive to this because I'm a Jew, and for a thousand years, uh, the the Catholic faith, particularly the Protestant faith, Christianity, wrapped itself in in its moral purity, uh, forgetting that its founder was a Jew and a rabbi, and uh, condemned us as Jews uh, to uh, a, a, a life of misery, uh, culminating in the Holocaust, in which we were denigrated as vermin, literally as vermin, to be uh, killed in concentration camps. Um, literally in a concentration camp that was called an extermination camp. Uh, I just killed some ants that have been crawling around in my house that I'm having trouble to getting rid of uh, without too much conscience about it, uh, any more than the conscience that seemed to exist in our torturers and murderers who saw us and denigrated us as not only vermin, but dangerous vermin. So the three things that seem necessary when you take off, when a mob takes off after a group of people and kills them, and this is true, uh, as I'm going to go through, of a long historical uh, litany of terrible events, um, this capacity seems to be universal. I and mine are moral and pure, you and yours, you are the other, you are less than human. I don't have to worry about your feelings, your dreams, your needs, or how you got to be the way you are. Uh, you have to be stomped on, but you're dangerous. So the terrorists see us this way, and we see more and more Muslims this way, and nothing good can come out of this but more chaos and more difficulty. The other thing that uh, is disturbing to me and what I want to spend the rest of my presentation on today is the lack of context about this. ISIS came into being as if they dropped out of the sky, whole. Where did these people come from? Who are they? Why are they doing what they're doing, however evil and reprehensible uh, that we, we find this thing to be? It's, when it's discussed about, it's the Muslims doing this because they're Muslim, just as uh, Jews uh, drank the blood of uh, Christian babies because we were Jews. If you look historically, there is nothing new in these terrorist groups who now happen to be Muslim. And indeed, I think there are aspects of something going on in the Muslim religion that fosters or at least doesn't provide a, an immunity to the development of the cancerous ideas that these particular terrorist groups represent. But to think that it just happened, and worse, that it has no historical antecedents, that this is something unique, is really to be ignorant, to be really ignorant. So I want to go through some of the historical uh, antecedents to this and to show my listeners that um, there's nothing new in what's happening here. In fact, this is, well, I just want to back up a second to show you already uh, in terms of this hatred of Muslims. Somebody in my community who has the title of doctor um, uh, it, it said at a meeting a couple of years ago, that it's a war between us and the Muslims, 
and we have to kill every one of them before they kill every one of us. And I asked, who will do the killing? And he said, because there are a billion and a half Muslims in the world. He said, we'll have to have special army units to do this. I said, similar to the SS that rounded up and killed the Jews? Now, the SS did a fairly good job in killing six million of us. Another three million Poles, by the way. Two million gypsies. They killed us in the concentration camps, in the extermination camps. Uh, Untermenschen, or lower-than-life people, to, to take it out of the German, um, uh, they killed about 11 million people. Uh, it was real wholesale slaughter, done in the name of virtue, done in the name of the state, uh, in saving the state from the vermin uh, that would undermine the good German uh, holy people. Uh, can you imagine what it would take to kill a billion and a half? I said, would you participate? Would you help kill 100 million babies and toddlers? Would you do that? And if we did that, what have we become? What are we? If not monsters on a larger scale than the monsters, as we see, uh, who we have to defend ourselves against. Uh, he looked at me as if I came from another planet, but this question wasn't answered. So, let's start. When the Romans took over a country, they gave an opportunity eventually to some of the individuals to become citizens, but most of the people were enslaved, uh, and they used to take the babies and play a game. They would throw them in the air, the soldiers would, and catch them at the end of their spears. And the one who caught the most babies at the end of the spear won. Uh, there was great slaughter by the Romans. Move on a little in history to the Crusades, which many of us, from a historical point of view, see what's going on now in the Middle East, the hatred of the West, as an inability to forget or get past what happened in the Crusades. In around the 11th and 12th century, Christians decided that the Muslims were the devil, heretics, apostates. Uh, they occupied Jerusalem, and Jerusalem uh, being the center and the starting of the Christian faith is where Jesus uh, uh, walked, and Jesus created the new religion, even though Jesus never dreamed of creating a new religion. Um, uh, they went and they slaughtered, and they slaughtered by the hundreds of thousands in exactly the same morality as people being slaughtered now by the groups that we talk about and fear from the Muslim uh, world. Uh, move on to the Thirty Years' War. This is really quite wonderful. The Reformation took place. Henry VIII decided in order to get marry his second wife, he had to divorce the first. And so he split from the Catholic Church, setting off endless wars with such savagery that over the 30 years of the war in Europe, literally, literally half the population of Europe was put to death. Men, women, children, infants, animals. Europe 
became a wasteland. Um, I have in my hand a wonderful book by a, a philosopher historian named Stephen Toulmin called Cosmopolis, The Hidden Agenda of Modernity, um, which I'll talk about on another show because I realize that I have forgotten a lot of what's in this book and I really have to reread it. But I want to read a paragraph about the uh, mindset uh, of the, of the, the uh, Protestants and the Catholics who slaughtered each other with such glee for so long and so savagely, and see if my listener, wherever and whoever you are, can't see that this is exactly the mindset of the terrorists that we uh, so fear and loathe. The longer the bloodshed continued, the more paradoxical the state of Europe became, became. Whether for pay or from conviction, there were many who would kill and burn in the name of theological doctrines that no one could give any conclusive reasons for accepting. There was no reason. The intellectual debate between Protestant reformers and their counter-reformation opponents had collapsed, and there was no alternative to the sword and the torch. Yet the more brutal the warfare became, the more firmly convinced the proponents of each religious system were that their doctrines must be proved correct and that their opponents were stupid, malicious, or both. For many of those involved, it ceased to be crucial what their theological beliefs were or where they were rooted in experience, as 16th century theologians would have demanded. All that mattered by this stage was for the supporters of religious truth, those words given in, in, in caps, to believe devoutly in belief itself. For them, as for Tertullian long ago, the difficulty of squaring a doctrine with experience was just one more reason for accepting this doctrine the, that much more strongly. Folks, this is where we are now. This is what we are descending into in which bloodshed brings bloodshed, hate brings hate, fear becomes rampant, logic, the whole modern system of science, of democracy, of debate, ceases to exist. I could go on. How about the Nazis in, in, in our era, in my lifetime, in the lifetime of many of you who are listening? Um, Japanese imperialism. Uh, it's interesting that the Japanese was less religious and more nationalistic, as was Nazism, because uh, the two great evils, as I see them, are nationalism. Uh, my country, right or wrong, and if you're not part of my country, uh, you don't speak up. Uh, I recommend, for those of you who have a cable network, find a little film called Eddington and uh, uh, Einstein. It's the title, Eddington and Einstein. Um, the savagery of World War I still hasn't been duplicated. And it, the lineup was the ugly Huns against the British, uh, who were uh, seen by the Germans as inferior, as the Huns were seen as inferior, especially morally. Uh, the lineup to the war had all kinds of wonderful advertising showing, for example, a large, ugly German as a Hun with big teeth holding a baby on a bayonet, ready to eat it. This was on both sides. And how Eddington, 
who ultimately proved the general theory of relativity as espoused by uh, Einstein, who was in Germany during the war, uh, how he refused to give up his scientific beliefs uh, for uh, a nationalism that demanded he have nothing to do with Einstein because Einstein was the enemy. Einstein himself refused to take any part in the scientific development of poison gas uh, which made World War I so particularly ugly and horrendous, um, and uh, was condemned, as was Eddington, uh, and kept up a fascinating uh, interchange, scientific interchange with Eddington, having believed that rationality and science had to rise above nationalism. Uh, the Japanese, when they came into China, killed perhaps 10 million uh, um, Chinese. Uh, and they believed that the Chinese were inferior morally, intellectually, and socially. And what they um, would do is bash their heads in with rocks because the Chinese were seen as literally as pigs and not worthy of a warrior's death with a bullet. Uh, let's bring up to date the, the Hutus and the Tutsis. I forget who did what to who. Uh, but any event, in Africa, in our time, two tribes that coexisted uh, immediately, one turned on the other, and over a million, I think it was the, Tut the Tutsis, were slaughtered, hacked to death with machetes, over a million people, men, women, children, and babies. Um, I watched the 1984, I believe it was, Olympics, in which happy, dancing, costumed people in Yugoslavia uh, uh, hosted the Olympics in 84. Uh, and soon after, Yugoslavia came apart, and uh, the uh, Milosevic, uh, in desire to have a greater Serbia, uh, attacked and did ethnic cleansing on the Muslims in, in um Serbia, and slaughtered thousands of them uh, and used rape as a political and uh, social weapon against the uh, Muslim population. Uh, the Muslims got even and eventually began to inflict the same horrors on the Serbs. Uh, so please, folks, when you look at what's going on um, Stop saying it's because, only because they're Muslim. In the same way, we have to stop saying it's only because they were German, or only because they were Japanese, or only because they were Christian. And I will close with my belief. The human ability to dehumanize others and slaughter them in a fit of moral ecstasy is evolutionarily based. We are all capable of it. And unless we examine our own selves, as Freud would want us to do, uh, our civilization, our democracy, uh, the best of us, and there are the best of us, people who dance and people who compose and people who sing and people who do all manner of wonderful healing and beautiful things, get swept away in the fear and the hatred. Good. I'm going to stop today's show. Nobody called in. So I don't have to worry about answering uh, any phone calls. Um, I don't know if anybody listened to this. I find out this immediately becomes archived so that anybody who is interested in my broadcast, and I certainly feel a hell of a lot better having done it, 
Uh, I think it was coherent. I think I made my argument. Um, I think we're in grave, grave trouble. Uh, all of these are distractions, side issues to the fact that we are raping our planet uh, and we are uh, destroying species at a rate, uh, uh, the greatest die-off in 65 million years. Um, and it's estimated that 40% of the species on this planet are either gone or um, are uh, in, endangered uh, by the activity of human behavior. And uh, all you have to do is watch the weather over a period of time to know uh, that uh, great difficulties are uh, taking place and we are not adjusting to it and we are not uh, preparing for it. Although the American military is. They have a whole plan for uh, uh, global disturbance and uh, disturbance of uh, behavior in the United States. Uh, once there's a breakdown of society and civilization due to the climatic changes which are upon us. Too bad it's not five. I'm not ready for my cocktail yet, but I will be. So I wish you all good night. I will continue this discussion next week uh, when I will talk about more about what I think is going on and why this is happening now. And maybe even over the next week or two, uh, suggestions of what might we have to do other than kill a billion and a half Muslims uh, to resolve some of the uh, tremendous issues uh, confronting us. Good night and goodbye.